Left. Right. Welcome to this episode of Sip Talk. You uh, might enjoy this one. It's a bit of a grab bag, a myriad of topics, but we do get into the new subscription fees. Your car manufacturer is about to be charging you on a monthly basis to unlock features like cruise control, horsepower, heated seats, uh, air-conditioned seats, lane assist. So uh, this is news to me in this episode, but uh, James and I uncover it and get into it. Let me know what your thoughts are on this and the other topics we talk about. I'll see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. All right, this is Sip Talk, episode 198. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, a bartender, a retired professional referee, and most exciting of all, an accountant. James, how's the accounting? Uh, accounting's annoying, like usual. And uh, I actually have a soccer game up in Greenville this weekend, which What's is going to be four hours, three and a half or so. Yeah, <laughs> mm. it, it's like, dude, I'm driving. I'll I'll be in my car seven and a half hours or so, maybe, to do a two-hour soccer game. I hope it pays well, but you can. This one won't. I'll probably make like 200 bucks and that's before like paying for gas and other crap. Like I'll probably net like, yeah, I'll I'll start out somewhere between like 200 and 215 bucks. Oh boy. Thankfully it's a three day weekend. So yeah, no, fair enough. Maybe are you going to stay in Greenville or you're just, you're instantly back, uh, back to reality, back, back in Charleston after that. I'm going to be coming back to Charleston. I actually did think about like, I bring in like my bike up to Greenville and like at, and maybe doing a hotel and then riding around Greenville on Sunday and then heading back to Charleston sometime that afternoon. But in other great news, so I need to have my bike brought into the shop. Um, this is not the new bike. No, new bike is about a month out. I, I didn't think you had delivery for the new bike. So for those of you who are getting caught up, this is Sip Talk. We're, uh, we're having some drinks. We will soon be discussing top headlines and uh, and our opinions on uh, what's going on with Biden, what's going on with Trump. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some sun tanning in the nether regions. <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, we're, we're going to hit a myriad of topics. So in the meantime, right now we're catching up on James' uh, recent bicycle accident. Uh, for those of you that don't know, James, uh, we, we talked about this last yeah, episode a little see bit. See some of the markers from it. James got a little road rash going on, so we're talking about that. Let me ask you right now, though. You uh, you got a cocktail? You got a drink with you? Milwaukee's best ice. Mmm, very nice. I got a little scotch on the uh, on the rock here. Yeah, it's basically like whatever, like the slush on the side of the road that they were able to collect and then bottled it. And oh, that's fair enough. So, so, so look. So, uh, you want to talk a little more about this bicycle accident? 
Well, I already talked about the bike accident. Like, yeah. this is just like, so I went for, a, I wanted to go for a bike ride last night. I get a mile into the ride and like, I'm trying to use the shifters and my right shifter just jams. Like mm-hmm. it'll click, but like it, like it won't move the gears or anything. I'm like, great. Now I got to replace the shifters. And it's, I've got a new bike coming in a month. So I don't really feel like spending two or $300 on new things for my old bike. But yeah. I also want to have a, a functional bike in reserve just because. Oh, so you, you're not selling this bike. You're going to keep, no. keep this bike around. I'm going to keep it as a backup in case something happens with the good bike. Or if I ever have someone that I'm trying to introduce to cycling, I can say, here's a really good bike. You can get a feel for what it's like. Mm. Um, Minus the fact that it should shift. Well, it's going to because I'm going to have to order new shifters. I'm going to have to find, and like they don't make them anymore. So I got to go on eBay, got to order those, wait for them to come, make sure that they're good, then bring it to a shop and then pay them to install them because installing shifters is a pain in the ass. I can, uh, I can imagine. So look, so let's, let's hit some. Uh, let's... let's start with the most important one. You hear about this uh, new trend about vagina sunbathing? No, that, that to me just sounds like bottomless uh, suntanning. Am I, am I missing something on that? I don't know. I haven't seen any of the videos, nor do I really care to. But the videos are phenomenal. I don't understand. <laughs> but I, I would have to think. <laughs> I would have to think that it's like not just nude sunbathing, but like actually pointing your vagina towards the sun, which sounds like you can go wrong in a lot of ways. Where, where is this? The New York Post? Where did you where did you come across this? Uh, apparently, it's something that's been trending on the TikTok. Oh, TikTok. You know, um, I, I mean... although like seven years ago, Gwyneth Paltrow was also promoting it. So I think as a general rule, if Gwyneth Paltrow or her company are promoting something, it's something you shouldn't be doing. I mean, you can do it. I just I don't think you're going to have there's going to be much benefit from it. So Who's going to be sunburned? Well, the areas that get the least sun tend to burn the fastest, in right? My, in my experience, um, so that's uh, in the TikTok sphere. What uh, you don't take? Yeah, I don't take you. Did you see what I tagged you uh, on Twitter last week with? Uh, no. Oh, that's too bad. All right. Well, we'll maybe we'll dig that up in a, in a little bit. So, what else is uh, leading the headlines? What is more maybe highline national news that we're missing here? Um, before we get into the politics, so you see anything about California banning um, internal combustion engines by 2035? So what I heard was, I heard two things this week, that California is banning the sale of gasoline-powered cars, vehicles, in 2035. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also heard in the same week that they don't want you to charge your electric vehicles during certain hours of the day. So they're kind of, kind of a. So I'm not familiar with the second part of that, but the first part of that's accurate. And I think they're also doing like a phase down between whatever this law takes effects in 20 and 2035, where like every year the percentage of electric vehicle sales has to increase where it eventually phases up to 100%. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and that would that would be a reasonable. But the thing is, we don't know the details. We know the headline detail. Uh, well, you want to wait but, through three hundred pages of a legal bill? 
I'm just I'm just curious how the phase up might apply to regular life, except it just being more difficult to buy a gasoline powered engine vehicle. Yeah, my, it. I, you know, I, I don't like the electric vehicles, but but I think really, I'm not against them. Uh, you know, I, I prefer to drive an older vehicle. But I just worry that by 2040, finding a gas station to refill my uh, my vintage car is going to be really, really tough to come by. That's my my biggest concern. So I'm kind of against electric vehicles. Is it because of the rare earth minerals that are required to uh, to run these 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 cars? Well, that's actually part of it. Is that the ethics of mining the metals that are needed for producing the batteries for these vehicles is really problematic. Like there, there's what? lots of unethical mining and like child labor in Africa to get these metals to make the batteries. So that's one for sure. Two is, and I'm, this is a trend that's been going on for a while, but electric vehicles are going to make it way, way worse. And that's the ability to repair your own car. Yeah, that that is that adds a huge cost to ownership. Not only are electric vehicles way more expensive than their gasoline counterparts, now we can assume in 13 years that price is going to come down. Yeah. But, but they are expensive vehicles, and then the maintenance is almost a new science, right? Like there's no – the transmission is – I don't even understand how the transmission works, but I know that there's not multiple gears like you have in a regular vehicle, is my understanding at least. Um, I don't know anything about how the cooling system works because I don't know if the battery expels heat. I do know that... It's just going to be air-cooled, really. Like the, you, and does the battery expel heat? A shitload of it. Well, I mean, I assume, I assume that it must, but not in the same way that you don't have the same cooling system that you do with a regular car. So I don't, I don't know the mechanics of it, but... I do know that if I bought a gasoline-powered vehicle tomorrow, there's a lot of aspects. There's a lot of different mechanical parts of that car I could repair. I'd have some learning to do, but I would be fluent in that language for the most part. However, it was a battery-powered vehicle. I would open the hood and not even have any idea what I was doing. Well, there's not really anything to look at. Because... <laughs> Like the, the vast majority of the machinery, like, so the advantages of electric vehicles is they're mechanically simpler because you've got basically a really powerful electric motor or multiple electric motors. So some of them have like electric motors that are just attached to the wheel. So you could have like a two motor si system where you just have like one motor per axle, or you could have a four motor system where each motor powers a wheel individually. I, I, Literally, you're just telling me something I've never even thought of. It totally makes sense. I never even thought of this. What vehicle um, is doing four, four motors per, per Yeah, car? you just have one motor. You, you've got the battery in the middle, and then you just have cables that run out to each motor that power each motor. And so in a way, that's kind of cool because you can really dial in traction control. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's, what, that's what's kind of mind-blowing about it. I didn't even think about this. Um. But yeah, there's less moving parts, um, but it's also like, yeah, this is all proprietary stuff. And that's the problem with like even gas-powered vehicles right now is you just have all these companies making stuff where you need a special BMW tool to even like access certain parts of the, the engine. And you need like the special BMW software to even be able to pull the codes from the engine. And it just makes it so that 
if you're trying to do something on your own, it's virtually impossible and you have to bring it to the dealership. And I hate that. I mean, I've run into that issue with the reality, the specialty tools, and it's not a brand new car, but the specialty tools required are very difficult. I may, you know, there was some weekends where I was going to five or six different auto parts stores uh, and just tool stores trying to find the right parts for that, for that car. So, you know, new technology, not only do you need, the, you know, the specialty parts that have been in existence for the last two decades, these are specialty parts that are literally brand new. So I'm going to, I'm going to go even further. I don't know if you saw this headline, but BMW was trialing a subscription based model for features in a car where like you had to pay, I don't know, like 20 bucks a month or something to have heated seats. Now the heated seats are already installed in the car. Yeah. This is you terrible. You have to pay $20 to have the software unlocked to allow them to work. Dude, everything wants a fucking monthly subscription fee. Fucking everything. And oh, like, sick. I know Toyota has been doing this with, um, like, uh, a self-starting vehicle. So if you want to press the button to start the car while you're not in it or whatever, like Toyota's been charging because subscriptions it's all software. for that. Because huh? it's all software. Yeah. But- it's all software control. I mean, it's all hardware, obviously, hardware base. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a technology uh, – the guy studies basically AI and its inter- integration with whatever. And he, he was talking about how he, he's thinking about changing his major to be – a kind of real estate as a as a second major because he's in AI and he, he's thinking about the application of AI prediction on on real estate. And I, I said to him, how how could AI have predicted the last two or three years of real estate um, in in that far advance? But we started talking about how you know other applications for AI predictions. Um, what we're, so, what we were talking about really was uh, software versus hardware and, you know, AI being now integrated. It's obviously AI is pure software, but how it's being integrated with hardware. That's well, that's, and that's the thing is it, the, there's there's all this bullshit where the cars already have the capabilities to do something and you're just locking it behind software. I saw another one of an Audi where, like, if you wanted to pair your phone to the car so you could play music through your phone or something, that was a subscription. Just to have that capability unlocked. And so... Unlocked. It's there. It's a matter mm-hmm. of unlocking it. That's yeah, it's not like when you buy like the Corvette and you're choosing between like the base model or the Z06 that has the bigger engine where like there's something different about the car. All these cars are the same. They're just charging more for some things that are already installed in the car. And so... Like all these manufacturers are just seeing dollar signs by being able to lock more and more features away. And I see electric vehicles as going to be even worse in that regard because they're just by their nature, they're more computer controlled. That means you can lock more shit away. Let me ask you a question, just kind of separate from the vehicle conversation, but on the battery front, because we're going to have so much, we're talking about mining, uh, these minerals that are very rare type minerals. Lithium and cobalt. Yeah. Uh, that that we don't have much application outside of batteries. Um, uh, real quick, CH87 is asking what you're drinking. I am drinking uh, scotch on the slowly melting rock. Um, but my... So, the, 
Real quick, I want to answer Rosh's question because he says it's not that different from OnStar, like where you you know you had like the roadside assistance and you yep. could press the right. button and stuff. The way I look at it is like OnStar. At least that connected you to a person, so the subscription that you had was paying for the people in the call center. So there was an actual cost to OnStar service that they had to cover somehow because they were paying people to field your emergency calls and crap. So, so drunk on YouTube says, uh, uh, I saw a lithium mine on Twitter the other day. It's almost as destructive as an oil field. So, but the point if that not I, more I, so like, so, and I, yeah, I didn't even thought about like the environmental impact of all these mining. I, I was just thinking know. about like, the labor practices, but like drunk makes a good point. Like, yeah, they're terrible for the environment too. Like are electric vehicles better for the environment once they get up and running? Sure. But like the costs that you have to pay environmentally to get there are significant. Well, these aren't, you know, we haven't, we're mining now batteries and well, effectively the components of batteries. So lithium and, and whatever else at much, much greater, like, you know, we were worried during the seventies, especially so we would have run out of oil. So mm -hmm. I don't, I have not heard any of any of the estimates, any of the science behind how much of these rare earth minerals, right? That's what they're called, rare earth minerals that we have. But I know that by you know by name alone, they are rare. So, but what I was um, going to lithium, say, not so much, but others very. What I was going to say was, when was the last time you recycled? So you you were throwaway batteries. No, I actually like I try and bring them. There's a battery shop where that has like that. It's called Batteries Plus. All they sell is like batteries and crap. And so I've never heard of Batteries Plus. I've never heard. Well, of it, I don't know. It's a franchise down here, but there's one that's not too far from me. And when I need to get like specialty batteries, that's where I go. And they oh, like accept old batteries. So I actually try and bring the bat like any dead batteries I have. I try and bring to that shop whenever I need to buy batteries. Let me ask you a question. So when I was going to say I've never recycled batteries, okay, I've never. I know you're supposed to. I just don't really know what you're supposed to do with. It. Uh, that's one. But uh, I would Google where to recycle batteries. But what do they do with recycled batteries? Is is really kind of where I'm going with this. That's um, well, you can reclaim a lot of the, the elements inside of it because like one of the ways that a battery, like lithium ion batteries, one of the ways that they'll go bad is just over time for them cycling, like they're mm -hmm. not 100% efficient. And even if they're 99% efficient or 99.9% .9 efficient, you're going to have some kind of, for lack of a better, like this is not a scientific way of looking at it, <laughs> but like you can think about it like the metabolic processes of the batteries produce waste products that will eventually degrade the battery. And so like whenever you've seen those videos of like a lithium ion battery that's like all swollen up, like that's hydrogen gas. And like like you can watch videos of batteries exploding and stuff and that's primarily like the heat from the battery igniting hydrogen gas. And so there's still lithium in there but it's just you get you're getting it bogged down by too much crap. And so when you're recycling the battery, like you'd be able to take it apart and some of the waste products are just going to, I don't know, get flushed down the sewer or whatever they do. But there's mostly a whole bunch of good metal there. But you can think about it like when you're changing the oil on your car, where you have to just put in fresh oil and like the metal in the, in the engine's fine, 
And so it's, yeah, but you've got bad stuff around it that as the oil gets used more and more, it just turns to sludge and eventually the engine will seize up. Kind of the same way with the battery, except instead of it turning to sludge, it turns to hydrogen gas that'll explode and catch fire in your pocket. But, but the, the whole idea of we're, we're creating these batteries and, you know, I'm glad to hear that you actually recycle the batteries. I think that's great. I, I was not aware of much of the science behind recycling these batteries, but my concern is even like our recycling as a country right now is pretty piss poor. Um, and like, I'm just, well, curious. you need to make recycling profitable. Well, how do you do that? Privatize it? No, it's that the secondary market for recycling needs to be profitable. And I want to get to that in a second, but let's hit some of these comments. Um, it's like when he changes his car battery out at the, at, at AutoZone, they'll buy his old battery back for like a couple bucks. So I bet you could probably bring car batteries to AutoZone, but there's probably places I would bet that like your town dump, um, has a recycling program for stuff like that. If you have any kind of like hazardous waste, like I know you can bring like old oil to like the dump and they'll charge you some disposal fee or whatever, but you can bring it there. So batteries are probably the same way. And then CH87 says, living in South Carolina, what do you think of the market now that Google and other companies are asking people to go back into the office? And I'm guessing he's talking about the real estate market. So I I, I think that you're going to see a lot of pushback on, on companies that have been remote for the last two years, asking people to come back to the office. Because a lot of people... So if you worked for Google and you were in the Bay Area and you said, I don't need to be spending four to $5,000 a month in rent when I don't need to be at the office that's five miles away. So instead of taking that four or $5,000 a month that I was burning on rent, I can take two thirds of that, put that towards a house and buy a house someplace cheap and work remote. And so you've got a whole bunch of people that made real estate decisions which is not obviously not a permanent decision, but it's a major financial hurdle to have to try and a sell your home. Decision. Yeah, it's a long-term decision. Yeah, so you're going to have a whole bunch of people who are like, I just bought a house like two years ago, and I really don't want to sell it. I'm happy where I am, and I've been able to work remote. So they just be like, I'm not even in San Francisco anymore. I'm not coming back into the office. I will continue working from Tucson or wherever. And like... And he says, I asked because South Carolina was the top of the in, of influx of people from Wall Street. So I don't know about what I hadn't heard that Wall but... Street's like work from home policies are because Wall Street is one of the most kind of traditional working environments where they especially when you're starting out, they want you in the office 90 or 100 hours a week. And they want you there mostly because it's like it's effectively professional hazing. Well, that's that's kind of where I was going to go with that, though, is that if they're asking you to be in there for 90 hours a week and you have a thousand people behind you willing to put in 90 hours a week, like that's your answer. Like, OK, you can go to South Carolina if they call you back and you argue they just have a thousand people behind you. So I think there's going to be some companies that are that are that competitive that are going to get people back. But I also feel like there's a lot of companies that are going to say we're losing a lot of the best people. You know, yeah, we get it. We got it. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of companies that see if Google's requiring their software engineers to be back in the office and the software engineers don't want to. And Google holds 
firm and says, you're coming back to the office, you're going to see a whole bunch of them quit. And then any smart hiring manager at a smaller software company is going to say, we got to work from home position with our company. See, you see, you're coming from Google. How would you like to work with us instead? Like a lot of the talent will get hired. Yeah. Yeah. No question about that. There's no question about that. Um, let me ask you: Should we? Can we? Should we? Uh, what, are we still on vaginal sunbathing? <laughs> Do we, uh, uh, we can go back to it. <laughs> um, no, because some of these other uh, some of these other things you got on here, I'm really, I'm really. Well, curious. I want to finish up with the with a thought on recycling, which is like. Okay. So you were talking. I was talking about how you need to make recycling profitable, and. When you've got something like batteries where you have valuable metals inside of them, like that's profitable because it's not that difficult to process the battery. And then you've got metal that is currently highly in demand. But when you look at something like paper or plastic, especially plastic, like it's really difficult to go through the process of sorting out all the different types of plastic and then packaging it in a way that if you're a plant that makes plastic so you either need to buy the raw materials to make new plastic or you're going to need to get old plastic that you're going to then like melt down and and purify and turn into new plastic but think about it how many different types of plastic are there like if you look at the bottom of your bottle it's like two or seven or 14 or whatever right exactly and it all gets mixed in together which means it needs to be sorted at a facility mm -hmm. And you got to pay somebody to do that. You can't. It's not easy to have a machine do that. And so, but like but the, also, the, go ahead, go ahead. The, the, I, I like wanna... the the bulk prices on plastic are super low. So when you're thinking about taking a whole bunch of like empty Pepsi bottles or something and putting them all together into a like crushed bale and then selling them to a recycling plant, like you need to be at least as competitive if not more competitive than the price of like raw plastic pellets or whatever. Well, because so here, why here's, would you pay I, more for recycled stuff? Here's what I want to add to that though, is that even though you're accumulating all of the, you have this influx of recycling material that's coming from the residential households and you're sorting through it. I was talking to uh, some people a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how they recycle and how some of them rinse their cans and jars and bottles out some of them just think it you know it's good enough just to throw in the recycling and i was actually ta- i was in a group of people that literally three different neighbors two lived across the street from each other two lived side by side and they were talking about how like they just take the jar with the dirty uh tomato sauce and they just throw it in the in the bin the next door neighbor rinses up their soda bottles and what i said to them was they're all going in the same garbage truck. So if it's soiled enough, like a lot of this stuff is just getting put into the actual garbage. You know, it doesn't matter how hard you recycle. If your neighbor throws, you know, whatever covered with kind of chicken grease and shit in, into their recycling and it all gets mixed in, you're just, it, it's all fucked. So I, I think what you're talking about, the cost of buying the already used material Versus the cost of buying the raw material, uh, the cost of buying the already used stuff. I, I don't know whether you're buying it like that and you're the one that's cleaning it and going through it, or if you're buying it after that's happened. 
So I sure it. don't know. I can say um, that like when it comes to metal recycling, so like metal cans or like aluminum cans and stuff like that, that's still profitable because metal mm-hmm. is expensive. But like paper and plastic recycling is a real problem. But also if you're going to the grocery store and you're depositing can by can versus the garbage truck that picks up garbage uh, bin full of cans along with your spaghetti sauce can and your refried bean can that's got fucking Well, that all gets beans. sorted at the recycling center. A lot of and it some of it's automated. Away. A lot of it just gets thrown away, though. And if my that's shit gets true. mixed with my neighbor's shit, like it's all getting thrown away. Point that I'm making. They're going to go through a cursory sorting process, and they've got machines that do a pretty good job of sorting some of the stuff. Like it's easy if you have just a full garbage truck full of random recyclable stuff. Like it's very easy to have a machine sort glass, metal, and plastic and paper. Yeah, well, that's already happening. But if it's contaminated because of your neighbor's supply, I just think the point that I make is I think we have a really inefficient recycling strategy in this country. Yeah, but when but, it comes to batteries, it's profitable because the metals inside the batteries are profitable. If if people are recycling their batteries, but I, I would ask anybody who's listening, let give me a thumbs up if you actually recycle your AAA and, and D and C batteries. We've got we've got one person on here. I've I I've, I've set my aside for and that's you. I've set my aside for, for months and I, and ultimately I'm just like uh we'll just let me put this on the side of the recycling garbage can. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, just I'm have doing. a jar for your batteries and like I don't know. Um but let's move on from electric vehicles because I could go on and on about how much I like and ultimately like is it probably better for the planet long term? Yeah, but we've got a whole bunch of problems that we need to solve first. And I just think that like there are better like it's not solving the core problem, at least in this country. And the core problem is that we are way too car centric as a society. And if you can yeah, have I, I... better public transportation, better rail and better city design so that people don't need to drive wherever they're going, then that's going to have a bigger impact on climate change than like changing the types of vehicles that we drive. And a lot of it's attitudinal, as I told you, like you remember when we lived at our apartment in South Carolina, it was about like a two or 300 foot walk to the post, the, like the postal center. And I couldn't tell you how many times I saw somebody get into their car to drive, (laughs) to pick up their mail and then drive back to their uh, apartment. In retrospect, I said I said last time I think I just drove there, but in retrospect, I, I really you couldn't drive up to the mailboxes. So now I'm thinking about it. No, there are uh, like two parking spaces directly in front of there. And like you could double park if you were gonna yeah, be there for like also, 15 seconds. But that was also 60 feet from the front of our building. So it wasn't it wasn't that far away. No, we didn't have to like it was a it was two minutes for me to walk there and back. Hmm. Um, so look, let's uh, let's let's hit the next topic here because I'm really curious. We're you know we, we're talking about kind of uh, high. Uh, what's the word I'm looking? Oh, for? We're talking real about quick. Since we're still on the topic, like this one's a quick one. Have you seen the video of the safety test that they did for like um, these like full self driving vehicles? They had like an Audi, I think they had a Toyota, and they had a Tesla, and they set I up heard. this like child sized mannequin. And so you know it'd be like maybe 200 feet for the car to accelerate, 
and then mm-hmm. like the car would have to stop before hitting the mannequin. And like you see the Audi get going and it gets up to me like 30 or 40 miles an hour. And then like it jams on the brakes and stops before hitting the mannequin. The Tesla just plows right the fuck through it. <laughs> must have known it was a mannequin <laughs> with superior technology in the Tesla. Yeah. Oh, man. I have not, I have not seen that video. <laughs> but that's how far we have to come. Like that's actually – I was again, I was talking to this guy that does AI. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what he knows, all the mathematical mechanics of how AI works. But he's trying to figure out what direction he wants to take his career with his AI background. He was thinking uh, he was at a real estate event, but he was thinking about, you know, pursuing real estate. I was like, dude, I feel like there's a lot more physical applications you could you could pursue. I don't know how you would be, uh, how you would really use AI to try and make money in real estate. It, it's just all predictions, and to me, it's you know, it that you're you're basically you're not programming anything more than what somebody already right. Has and I look intuition at, if for. you're trying to use AI to make money on real estate, that's not too far removed from trying to use AI to pick winning stocks. Yeah, well, and, that's, and what, what I told literally in my conversation, I was like, look, they already use AI for uh, the stock market. And really what it comes down to is whether you're on the 13th floor or the third floor and really the length of the wire, you know, what's transmitting the signal. Oh, for, for yeah, for the high frequency trading firms, they'll pay like million dollar a year just to have like a tenth of like like a couple millisecond less latency on their trades. Yeah, so basically the signal travels through the wire to plug that trade in. And if it's a shorter wire, it gets there sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have some firms that'll buy that'll buy office space directly across the street from like the New York Stock Exchange, just so that way they have like the lower travel time of their fiber optic network that is hardwired into the into the NYSE. That's what you're competing against. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, AI is not like <laughs> the the AI is already that fine tuned that we're, we're actually like trying to reduce the distance between. Uh, all right. So so what I actually see the video that Tesla is on here. Um, yeah, you should watch it. It's it's short. Just click on it. I don't know if I can. Uh, let me let me see if I could if we could show this. With a shared screen here, that's that's a little of my. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up just because it's worth watching again. Uh, all right, let me. Uh, so we get this video of a Tesla crashing into a child dummy. A crash, <laughs> a crash dummy. Um, what I love is that like it doesn't slow down one bit <laughs> until after it hits the kid. Uh, I must have detected a crash here. Right. Uh, all right, let me see if I can if I can get this on. Uh, it's just we got I got fucking three screens over here with a thousand windows open. So let's see, let's see what happens. Can you see on my screen what, what we have on? Uh, hold on, I was too busy watching the Tesla plow into a kid. <laughs> yes, well, I can see I'm, it now. I'm trying to watch. Just you can see literally. There's got to be forty fucking windows open on my computer. Um, which is why we talked about how I need a new computer. So if you just want to help me with that, I would. And by help me, I mean you just tell me what I need to get and, and send me the links. Uh, new egg. 
<sighs> yeah, I know. Why is this taking so long? Um, I don't even know what else to close on my computer. All right. So while while we're waiting for that video to load, um, let's see. Which what what are the other topics that you like? We got a whole bunch left. What do you want me to hit? Oh, hold on. Hold on. I, th I think we got some in there. Uh, there we go. I might have to pause it though because it, it's going. Let let me let it. Oh, uh, buffer. <laughs> Wait, it's, it's the it's got it's definitely got a buffer first, but uh, I, I can play now. Should be good. I can see the small child on the <laughs> on the on the left. Let me see if I can rewind it. Um, oh, this is gonna be good. Uh, fuck. I. Uh, oh, I got one more dumb thing about electric vehicles after this. All right. Since all I'm because right. I'm not done. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna just minimize this window. And see what happens. Let's see if I can get get this together. Tesla crashes and a child dummy as auto brake test fails. All right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, and that's a Lexus. The Lexus came to a screeching stop. That's a. Oh, wow. Well, the the Tesla came to a screeching stop, too. Here, what? Here it goes again. Here it goes again. All right. All right there goes the light. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that kid is definitely dead. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that he is. He's done zombie. Oh, God. He got crushed by the fucking car. Literally looked. It looked like a, a little kid in a hood. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's it. So the last thing I have to say about electric cars that's going to be a huge problem is, do you know what the single biggest factor in terms of like, so we all know about roads degrading, right? In think about how many potholes we yeah, hit when yeah. we were in New York, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah. So you know what the number one contributor to road wear is? uh weather uh, like cold and uh heating and cooling no well no electric vehicles no no it's it's vehicle weight <laughs> vehicle weight uh, okay all right i wasn't that aware of that yeah but... I mean, the harder you have the tires pressing down into the via into the the pavement the more it's going to wear away and it scales exponentially where if you have something that weighs twice as much, it'll wear four times as much, right? Oh, wow. I, I was not aware of that. It might okay. not be exactly four times, but it's something where, like, it's not a linear relationship where something that weighs one ton will do one times the amount of rate and something that weighs two yeah. tons will do two times the amount of rate. I don't understand that, and it doesn't necessarily seem logical, but... I'll buy it, for, you know, for the sake of just yeah. I don't know what the exact like, yeah. what the exact ratio is, but basically, the more you weigh, you will exponentially do more damage to the road. Um, and so the problem with electric vehicles is that for a similarly sized vehicle, so like take like an electric sedan versus a gas sedan, or an electric SUV versus a gas SUV, the electric vehicle weighs considerably more. By 30, because of the weight of the battery. Yeah, because the batteries yeah, are heavy as shit. And the problem is most of the ways that states pay for states and cities pay for maintaining their roads is through what? Mm, I'm guessing it's not tolls. I have no idea though. Gas tax. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, something I was not aware of, but I suppose that makes perfect sense. You're going to have tolls in some places, but for example, like in South Carolina, there's virtually no toll roads. How do we pay for our road maintenance in South Carolina? Gas tax, which is fine. Um, however, if electric vehicles aren't using gas, then they're not paying a gas tax, and they're where they're contributing much more to road wear. So, like the new Hummer that's coming out, the new electric Hummer. Do you know how much that thing weighs? <sighs> one and a half tons i have no idea i don't know what a normal hummer weighs but i'm, I'm sure it's a lot the new hummer coming out weighs over nine thousand pounds holy fuck um holy like the old hummers like the h2s or whatever were like between like six and seven thousand pounds so they weren't light but this is still two thousand pounds more than that like your Audi probably weighs like thirty five hundred to four thousand pounds. That that would have been my guess, yeah. Um, so, but like, if we look up like what's the like the Tesla Model Y? Is that the weird quasi hatchback sedan? Uh, maybe I don't know. Was... No, the it's Tesla not... Model Y is just like a normal looking sedan. So fifty three hundred to fifty seven hundred pounds. So about two thousand pounds more than what your Audi is, and it's of similar dimensions. So that's just a lot of wear on the roads. And how are we like? You, you, states are going to have to find some way of charging electric vehicle owners because they're not paying for road maintenance in the traditional way, which is the gas tax. Oh, you know, wild. Even when you said that, it didn't occur to me. So that that is insane. So. How how does that work? Well, they're, they're going to have to figure it out. Well, that means more tolls is my guess. It, it might. Um, <laughs> did I t- did we talk last week about the uh, congestion charge in New York City? How they're going to start charging uh, people depending on what street they drive into, drive below basically. The further south you go, the higher the, the congestion charge is for your vehicle as measured by license plates and toll. Yeah, um, toll. so London's been doing this for a while. I was not aware of that in London, um, but all that I saw about it, every every uh, like Instagram, uh, Twitter, anybody I see talking about it that is pro congestion tax is a New York resident who's under 25 years old, which to me means somebody who grew up in New York City, doesn't have a driver's license and does not drive, which also to me implies somebody who doesn't understand how New York City works. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, it, you know, if you if you live in a two million dollar condo and you're frustrated with traffic, like how do you think you get your groceries? How do you think the people that that commute in to take care of this or take care of that? You know, it's just well, the idea is to those. discourage that. So instead of having people driving into the city, they drive to outside the city and take a subway I, or something in. Fair enough. Discourage that all you want. But these people now have to spend more money. And, you know, it's, it's already an expensive place to live if you don't own and are able to afford a $2 million condo. So the, the idea of a congestion tax, I thought kind of that's what the tolls were there for. You know, you're already charging $15, 16 I don't even know what the fucking tolls are. But, you, you know, you're charging at least $15 a toll just to get into the city. So adding congestion tax... Uh, I mean, it's not cheap. It's like another $20, depending on where you go in the city. Uh, to me, it seems a bit excessive. 
So CH87 says Connecticut and other states have a car tax. So like in South Carolina, I have to pay an annual property tax on the vehicles that I own. And it's based on the value of the car. So like my cars aren't all that expensive. It maybe cost me 150 bucks a year to keep my cars on the road. But I've seen some vehicle property taxes of like 800 to 1000 bucks a year. Um, but that's not based on the weight of the vehicle. That's based on the like the state assessed value of the vehicle. And that's just done based on like the, the model year and the make. I don't know about New Jersey having a car tax. I know I paid a sales tax on the car. I know it needs to be inspected uh, every year. So, so it depends because like I know in New York, you pay sales tax on the vehicle and you pay it once. In South Carolina, you don't pay sales tax on the well, – well, if you're buying it from a dealer, you don't pay sales tax. But like when I bought a, a, a car in New York from a private pro- party, um, like when I went to the DMV, I had to pay sales tax to the DMV for the amount of the sale. And that was marked on the title, and the guy sold it over to me. Now, yeah, in South Carolina, insane. when I've bought cars privately in South Carolina, like I didn't have to pay sales tax at the DMV. I just had to pay the registration fees. But every year, I have to pay property tax on it. Mm, yeah, so no, New Jersey works the same way as New York. you got to pay like some... Uh, so you guys uh, get like one kind of big upfront fee, whereas in South Carolina, yeah. it's smaller, but it's every year. I think the smaller amount seems way more manageable from just a private individual perspective, but is what it is. That's a, you know, at this point, that's the cost of ownership and there is no shortage of people driving cars in New Jersey. I can tell you that. Can we talk about this mascot thing? And we'll say hi to Mark <laughs> and, uh, and David. So but the, I'm the curious. About this thing, I don't know. This is not really news. This is more just like a conversation yeah. I have with my roommate, but like okay. the, the Charmin bear. Think about how weird a mascot that is. I've actually thought, I don't know about, I didn't think about the bear being the mascot, but I thought about their delivery of, you want your asshole clean of shit. And the way that they convey that to an audience. Well, it's also like, I guess like, does a bear shit in the woods? But, but they, having a bear as a mascot for anything other than like mauling people. <laughs> and, you know, like just how you've, how you've, how you've taken this animal and made it into an animal that wants a clean asshole, uh, yeah, right? Like, or I guess like as porridge. Like if you had porridge, maybe a bear would be a good mascot. Are the Charmin bears like a? Are they what color are the Charmin brown? Bears? Oh, I thought I thought they were like a light blue. They're brown. The brown bears. I don't know. Let's find out. Well, you do it on your computer. So, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. I'm seeing red, brown, and blue. So, so I think they're blue, but I just think this, all over the this blue is not incorrect. The language, that, the language that they use is they do their cha 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 Charmin, and they got like the little kid talking about using the the and the and the way they refer to like wiping your ass, like they use kind of all this. They use this language that kind of circumvents like the actual idea that you're just cleaning your asshole with a piece of cotton paper. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just a weird mascot because like. I just have to wonder how they came up with it. Whereas, like, I don't know, when my roommate brought that one up, I thought about the, like, the mascot for uh, brawny paper towels, right? Okay, so paper towels. I've, I've, so you know what their mascot is? Is, is uh, Lumberjack, Yeah, like right? this burly-looking Lumberjack. And it's like, that's super honest, man. 
Like, like, how do we make Ronnie, this paper yeah. towel? Ah, we're clear cutting this whole forest. Here's the guy <laughs> who did it. <laughs> I miss me completely. I'm thinking Brawny like this brolic motherfucker, like he could withstand the the test of time. Not like we have a lumberjack who chops down trees, and our product is made of trees. <laughs> My mind literally did not go there whatsoever i think your initial interpretation is how they want it (laughs) yeah no you're completely right you're completely right i think they want it to be this kind of strong uh you know let me look so uh i use the two the two words brawny and then brolic but have you heard the term swole s-w-o-l yeah like 10 years ago i hear it all the time yeah, when I was teaching, when I was a substitute teacher, the high schoolers would talk about it after they went to gym. Yeah, saying they were swole. Yeah, so means, this was you know cool means, for 16-year-olds right? in South Carolina. But 10 years ago. I still, I still hear, well, yeah, I don't hear it. I guess I actually probably haven't heard it in a while. But swole is short for swollen. Yeah. Which means like you look like you get stung by a bee. Yeah. No, I never thought it was a really... I, I didn't understand how it caught on. But just the kind of the mispronunciation of, of the word swollen. And, the, and uh, you look swollen. <laughs> yeah. You look, brawny. you look brawny, man. You look brawny. Brawny is a word that actually I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever heard outside of maybe when I was a kid. I heard it somewhere. But brawny is would be what a, you're like an muscular yeah it would be an adjective yeah like if you describe somebody as brawny like you think of someone that's like muscular and well-built which like but the lumberjack when, on their package is when was the last time you heard this word brawny ever used outside of referring to outside of a proper noun i've heard it every it's not super common i don't think i i don't think i can't actually think of a time that i've ever heard it not that's clear in my memory that, that, probably uh, the only time i've heard it used was when like somebody wanted to flex their vocabulary i i don't exist in those circles <laughs> so, <laughs> unless they're swole <laughs> big so, words hard um yeah, I mean, we 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 could actually do a whole episode on just weird mascots. That could be a fun one to do. Yeah, I looked up I, a couple others. Like, I, I thought about making that the whole episode, but I, I kind of ran out of material, so I just wanted to talk about those two. Well, I mean, can you think of any other? Like, I can think of the guy. Like, the Geico is the one that comes to mind uh, right off the bat. Um, the but Taco you, Bell Chihuahua. When you think about it, was pretty weird. Is he still around? No, they the they, ta- they, they bagged him in two thousand. I, I did the research. I, I think we really need. So we've actually we've changed a lot in terms of advertisements because if you think back in the fifties and sixties, it was about having like a a slogan. You want to be this household thing, and then for a while, like think about like the eighties and nineties. What eighties was I in nineties style advertising, um, and then nineties two thousands. You had like the logo. You had the kind of goofy stuff. I would say 2010 to now more so is kind of getting back to that lifestyle, but also like the influencer. Yo, I would love to do an episode on the history of advertising. We could, well, I'd like to get somebody who's got some experience in advertising, but let me ask you, would you, would you agree that that's kind of where we are now? Kind of this influencer 
But it the thing is, like when I podcast commercials, and you know, James, I'd love to uh, tell you a little bit about my blinds. I know how much you uh, you hate that early morning sunshine. Well, here in New Jersey, we we really invest in these great blinds, and it has made a huge difference in my life. I'd like to share with you blinds uh, folio. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so what's great is like how they're now segue into it, but you're like, oh, fuck. He's really just selling some. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos during the day to keep myself entertained during lulls in the mortgages. And what I love is being able to just like skip through those ads. So like they're like, and now let's talk about our sponsor. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go forward two minutes and get back to what I wanted to actually hear. Well, so there are the YouTube commercials that you have to listen to five seconds of, and then you can skip. And then there are the 10 to 12 second ones that you must endure. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the ones where like, it's the like content creator themselves saying like, and now a word about today's sponsor. Oh, so, so those are the ones that, I mean, we should probably be doing these. No. But, um, but uh, and I'm sure they probably pay pretty well, but the nice thing is knowing how long the spot is. So I know the podcasts that I listen to like have either 60 second spot or two minute spot. So I know how many times to tap the 30 second forward button. <laughs> I think we're, I think we're pretty much on the same page. All right. So I actually, I got, I got seven and a half minutes left. We, uh, we're running low. So if, uh, if you know how much more you got to invest to hear us out in this episode, you got seven and a half more minutes. <laughs> Um, it'll be a struggle I kind of want to talk about this one just because it was a conversation I had with my brother today (laughs) and I want to get your opinion on this but among many other things I think Trump might actually be the dumbest person on the planet I'm sure he's not the dumbest person no I really think he is I'm curious what you're because when you think about like traditional measures of intelligence, and I'm going to use the word retarded here, not in a disparaging way, but to talk about like mentally retarded people, like I don't actually think that mentally retarded people have the same penchant for self-harm that Trump does. Because if you look at like the way that he has handled this latest like search of his property in Florida and the seizing of the documents and everything, basically Anytime he has said something, he has made the situation worse for himself because he says something and then the DOJ has to respond and their tone is basically, we weren't going to share this because like it's part of the investigation, but since you've mentioned it and made it public, well, now we're going to comment on it. And their comments are always like, well, now it's just, now it looks worse for you. And this has happened like four or five times in the last three weeks where Trump says something stupid and then the DOJ says, here's why what Trump did was dumb and illegal. And we wouldn't have said anything about this if Trump didn't run his mouth. The, the issue with this, one, I don't think he's the dumbest person on the planet. Who is? But I, I mean, probably somebody in, in like Cambodia who, does, who can't communicate. That's probably a guess. But um, I think... I think it really depends on your news source, especially with this current investigation, the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, the way that I think about the Mar-a-Lago raid is, I, I think it would be great if it produced something. But it already the last has. Four, the last, it, it produced something that goes anywhere. The last four times we had investigations on Trump, it went nowhere. And did they dig shit up? Yes. I mean, the, the fact that he was in a 
a TV van saying grab him by the pussy like that. That should have that, that, that should have done it. So <laughs> the point the point is 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 he really that dumb or are his adversaries equally if not more dumb or in, incapable? Well, so uh, you know if if this can go somewhere and and incapacitate him as a political player, I'm I'm open to to like having a conversation about that. But in the meantime, while we make a fourth attempt at trying to get something and what you know whether he's smart or not it's it's kind of like the kind of catching a chicken in a coop like the chicken is not intelligent but like it's very fucking difficult to catch yeah i also look at this as for like easily the third or fourth time the gop is presented with an opportunity where they can wash their hands of this guy and they're not doing it. Because the first time I would say would be the grab him by the pussy comments. I would say, like, there's many more, but, like, I'm thinking of four off the top of my head. So one, grab him by the pussy. Two, his first impeachment. Three, his second impeachment. And four, what's happening right now? It literally went nowhere. It literally went nowhere. I feel like I, I just think it was very mishandled and and just almost extremist. And this is where you you people out on the extreme end, and it it just came from too extreme of an end. If you if you had more middle ground that was going after him, well, that was fine. I think that's what you're seeing right now is like, you've got something where these documents were illegal to have. We have proof that he had them. Not only do we have proof that he had them, we asked multiple times for him to give them to them, give him, give them to us. And we asked nicely and like without criminal threat and just said like, Hey, can you give this back to us? And multiple times he said that he didn't have them. We have sworn statements from his lawyers saying that they didn't have them. And then when we went and searched the property, we found them. Here's a picture of them. Here's the markings that show they're classified. And like, I, I understand. Literally, he's like, there's nothing there. And the, and the files say classified on the front of the. Right. Not only did we find them, like they were in his desk. They were in the same drawer as his passport. So you can't say, oh, I didn't know they were there. Like somebody else must have just put them there because like the one of the excuses was like the White House movers must have just grabbed the wrong boxes. Well, how'd they end but up here, in your desk? But, here, but here's here's where this goes, where it just doesn't work against him, is that they review the files and it's just like classified, you know, copies of fucking lunch menus or some shit. Doesn't matter. And, but it does matter because ultimately. There, it, the, it doesn't even matter if they're at, classified. Look, it. Here's 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 where you're right and you're wrong. It they're they're just gonna give up. They're just gonna give it up if, if there's nothing there, right? Like they're not gonna they're not gonna prosecute back. They're, you know they're not they're not gonna ban him from running in another election if he's got copies of lunch menus. Now if he has the nuclear codes, or, you know some shit like that, then yes. But the issue is is that we hit another dead end where. The people that are attacking him and trying to bring him down are doing so effectively, rightfully so. But it just it doesn't gain any traction because nobody thinks give the this, other that it's worth. Give this one two and a half months, and I think you'll be changing your tune. 
Because well, I, 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 I'd like to see it go somewhere. I'm not, you know, but I, I, I don't think it's going to. All right, so. we got 30 seconds before we have to go out and suntan our vaginas. What are we doing? I'm finishing my drink. How about you? I'm going to finish my beer and then try and summon the motivation to go for a run. Damn, it's fucking 11 o'clock at night. Uh, enjoy your run. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We actually got kicked off of TikTok tonight for saying something we shouldn't have said. What was uh, that? I'm gonna, I, it said inciting violence. I don't know. I'm gonna, I didn't read the whole, the whole thing. I'll, I'll share a screenshot with you. Wild. I don't think we did, and we don't endorse hurting anyone or grabbing them by the pussy. So uh, on that note, uh, adios, everyone. All right, later. All right, you made it this far. If you have not already, don't forget, subscribe to this podcast, comment on the episode, like the episode. Any interaction you do helps us, and uh, we do appreciate it. I'll see you next time. Thank you. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.